Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Gregory Ann Cox. Greg is an expert in midlife women's health and how to age better. Welcome, Greg. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Christina. Well, before we jump into how to age better, share a little bit about your background. My background started in this vein, in this iteration of me. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor. And I babied my baby dolls and patched up my stuffed animals and got into science and all the way through almost to the end of high school when my chemistry teacher said, you're really not very good at science. You should stick to language and writing. And my little dreams were crushed, but I did take her advice. And it turned out I was pretty good about writing and communicating. So I became a writer. But then I got tired of that and I became a chef. And (laughs) all of that to say, I got into nutrition and feeding people healthfully. And then I worked for a heart surgeon to begin. We started the first heart healthy quick food restaurant in the country. And he really taught me about lifestyle choices on the body and how easy it is to let them diminish our health versus choosing really good ones to keep us vibrant and healthy as long as we live. Uh, And that's where I am. That's where I'm coming from today. Oh, nice. So it sounds like interesting experiences you've had in life. (laughs) I have. And Christina, at some point, we all have interesting experiences, right? The longer we get to live, the more we accumulate. Yeah. I know people are like, how did you go from violent crime to self-improvement? Yeah, that is. (laughs) Well, there's a a story. There's a great story there. (laughs) So how do we age better? You know, the the thing I always start with a client is tell the ugly truth, tell the honest truth about where we are, what our habits are contributing or taking away from our enjoyment of life and our ability to age in good health, again, vibrantly, because we don't just want more lifespan, we want more wellness span, health span as well. So, and we can, you know, we all love to take quizzes. We can do an online quiz. We can get an assessment. I have a a lifestyle assessment that I do with people to pinpoint the places where we're not doing what we could be doing. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but there are a couple of bad habits I still have or a couple of days where there's too much salty crunchy and not (laughs) enough uh, apples and celery. But I know that, right? And I'm, I'm aware of that. And I'm mindful of making the choice of doing too much of what's not good for me this one day or giving into stress and having an extra glass of red wine. Um, so that's where we begin to age better is to take stock of what's going on. Because I don't, most of your listeners, uh, my listeners probably don't need to be told what's healthy. Get some exercise, <laughs> drink plenty of water, right? We know. So then who else is going to help us on this path of aging better? It's us. We have to start with us. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So being honest with ourselves, I was going to joke with you and say, oh, I'm perfect. I don't have any bad habits. (laughs) You know, when I saw your profile and read about you, I said, gosh, that woman just looks perfect. (laughs) (laughs) She has some issues. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) So so it sounds like uh, aging better from the standpoint of nutrition. Nutrition is one thing. Mindset is huge. I have mm-hmm. uh, my philosophy of rebellious aging well is that everything is food. Everything we eat, everything we think, every single thought plays a role in whether we continue on in good health or regain our health if we haven't been, or whether we diminish our own health. And that includes 
listening to the media. Uh, Certain people in our lives can be diminishing our energy, medications, all these things. So if you take on the mindset of everything is food, that will include how you talk to yourself. It's really important that we get rid of negative self-talk. It is the ultimate stress on our poor little cells that are also aging and trying to do their best to support us. Yeah. So I love that. So thinking about um, our diet is what we consume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it could be the voices in our head, the yeah. media, the, anything else. So let's, let's start with mindset. What, what do you recommend uh, some strategies for us mindset related? One of the most important things is to, when we get in a funk or we feel like, you know, maybe I haven't achieved what I wanted, or maybe I'm just not keeping up with, you know, my other girlfriend does five yoga classes a week and, you know, all those things that we feel we're not enough of, um, we can look back at our lives when we feel like we have been enough, or we can reflect on a time that was super hard and we came through it. And here we are, and maybe we are facing something really hard. Maybe we've had a setback physically. Maybe we've had a loss. This year has been full of so much loss for the world as a whole and for individuals. But there have been times in our lives where things were as bad or as challenging or as diminishing, but we're here. So what was it about us then that gave us the, the inner resilience or the strength to go forward and come through at the other side? Because it's still there. And that is one of the biggest mindset pieces. We are always full of life wants more life. So we have it inside of us to continue to have more life. So in the sense of what is it, what's a practical thing to do if we're feeling challenged, just say, I've been here before in one form or another. And you know, the old phrase, this too shall pass. It may take longer than we like. Almost everything good takes longer than I want. I don't know about you, Christina. Yes. <laughs> but but there is still this, uh, you know, hope is a word. It's I don't know, it's overused sometimes. But if we can hope that the thing that carried us through before, even if we can't identify it, is still there, I'm here to tell you it is still there. You don't have to hope. It is there. What brings up joy in you? What brings up resilience? We don't have to go outside for those things. They are within us. Now, not to say that connection isn't important. It's hugely important in how we age. And sometimes when we're feeling down or we're suffering through something, a setback, we need to reach out and get help. It's hard to ask for help at times, but it's super important. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, what about, um, so we have mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before I get to physical, I was curious, you said something about rebellious aging. Can Mm -hmm. you share more about that? Sure. When I say rebellious aging, rebellious in, in any aspect of health, it's because I think it takes a certain thing. You have to have something inside of you to take a stand for your health these days. It's very easy to get caught up in the Western medical model. I'm not against it. I I have nothing against prescription medicines, doctors, any of that. All I'm saying is it's a very, um, it's a robotic system in some ways. You get seven minutes with your doctor. Certain things are expected to happen at certain points in life. Everybody has high cholesterol. Rebellious aging, rebellious wellness includes saying, oh, stop just a second. I I can't leave your office right now. I know you've had your seven minutes with me, but I still have questions. Or it's going outside of the Western medical model and saying, maybe there's an alternative way for me to heal this thing in my body. Or maybe there's a place that's trustworthy that can give me information on an alternative to surgery or to um, I don't know, whatever other treatments might not feel right. And, you know, we have our intuition, women are very intuitive. 
and we get a diagnosis or we hear we have a twinge or we're like, I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to follow their path. So that's what I'm saying about rebellious wellness or rebellious healthy aging is about doing it your way, safely, obviously, but being willing to look outside of the standard model of care and this is what happens at your age. Because yeah. there isn't just one age that things happen or don't happen. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like to think, hey, I'm going to be 12 for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be with Peter Pan. I saw Peter Pan when I was like 10. And that was it. I was like, I want to There be you Peter go. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, so physical, I know it's, you know, eat well, sleep well, you know, exercise, mm-hmm. but there are so many different like, conflicting advice out there. And I, I know have, this is a big question, but what do you suggest for weeding through all of it? You, are you talking on exercise specifically? Uh, exercise and diet. And is there just any kind of criteria that you use to, to judge advice that you come across? You know, it's a little bit harder with food, but the criteria... I use for judging whether exercise is good for me and for other people if I'm advising them is how does it make me feel? I used to love doing TRX and hard classes at the gym and now I still want to make the most of my time exercising and sometimes that's a high intensity aerobic moment or 20 and sometimes it's a more gentle restorative yoga kind of thing. Maybe it's just a walk outside in nature. As we get older, we have to take our bodies changing into consideration with what we do. However, you got to do something. (laughs) That's the bad news for some of us who have become super couch potatoes during COVID. I I haven't, I'm joking, but um, I know it was easy to do and it's easy to do at any time. We didn't need COVID. It's just sometimes it's easier not as, as, um, gosh, I can't think of who the speaker is, says what's, oh, Jim Rohn said, what's easy to do is easy not to do. (laughs) I always think of that when it comes to exercise. Now, food, there isn't just one diet for every single human. Yeah. However, there are certain prescriptions that go all across the board. And, you know, one is eat less processed food. And that includes our vegetarian vegan friends who love the tofu sausages and, you know, all of those prepared foods may not have meat in them, may not have gluten in them, whatever the dietary restriction or choice is but they're still highly processed. They have things in them that the body is not used to processing, so it causes more stress on the body. Obviously, fruits and vegetables, I would say more veggies than fruits. Um, are, you know, it's easier to eat a bunch of fruit in a, in a smoothie, and now you've had 70 grams of sugar, but you think you're doing something healthy. And it was, <laughs> but it was a little bit excessive. on the, you know. So hydration, fruits and vegetables, less processed food, Meat, no meat, fish, no fish. I mean, really, that's just a preference for people. Some people feel better not. Some people feel better eating a piece of steak now and again or chicken or fish. Um, So I would say, again, listen to your body, but make sure that you're eating as much real food with live nutrition in it as you can. Ah, yeah. Along those lines, um, I love that you say listen to your body. And I... That sounds like it's fairly easy to do, but I know from from my personal experience, sometimes it's really hard to to really understand the signals that your body is sending. Do you have any recommendations for learning how to listen to your body better? It's a great question, and I'm not sure I'll give everybody a satisfying answer. However, certain signals are obvious. Pain means stop doing that thing and get to the root of it. Yeah discomfort in your gut, Mm, something's in there that's not happy making. 
sleeplessness. Maybe you ate too late. Maybe you had a little bit, you know, of something that didn't agree with you and it's keeping you awake, trying to be metabolized. So those are the most obvious listen to your body things, the things that you really get agitated about or, or you have to notice because your body's going, hello. Yeah, it's like here. slapping you upside the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other ones are maybe more subtle if people, you know, if somebody gets bloated after they eat and they're used to getting bloated, they would think, well, whatever, that's just my body. It's exactly. Not, it's not just how your body would prefer to be because you didn't always get that way from, you know, childhood probably. Uh, so the, the little subtle things, if somebody is taking a proton pump inhibitor once a day, or is that, I don't know, all those things that for heartburn and stuff, you haven't, you've now taught your body that it, I want you, it's okay, whatever you send my way, I'm going to medicate it and make it feel better. But originally, when you had the heartburn, or you have GERD, and it wakes you up, that's a signal, that's a good thing to listen to, because it, it isn't normal. I'm not saying, I'm not blaming anybody. It happens. Like sometimes food just make us, they just don't agree with us, some foods. Yeah. However, when these chronically happen, when things like those symptoms happen all the time, it's time to take notice. And sometimes the best way to do that is to eliminate one food. Well, I kind of think every time I eat Swiss cheese, I get this weird feeling in my throat. Okay, so I don't have Swiss cheese for a couple of weeks. You know? <laughs> and actually pay attention and reflect, right? Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So now you mentioned earlier a uh, lifestyle assessment that you do. Can you share a little bit more about like what you cover? And I'm just curious about the what's in it and, and what you do with it. Sure. It is designed to help people look at their lives in a way, their lifestyle habits rather, in a way that they might not think of to look at on their own. So if I were to say, Christina, would you just write down all the things you do in a day that you consider a <laughs> lifestyle habit? And you'd, you'd probably write down 40 things, and a few might not have anything to do with your lifestyle habits as it relates to your health, but some of them might, and then there might be a few missing. So what I really do is give a, just a detailed questionnaire about things like, do you eat breakfast? If so, give me your average, you know, what's your average breakfast? Do you drink water first thing in the morning? This, you know, do you move? If so, how much? Are you suffering from chronic pain? Where is it? Because all of the things that we do and all of the things that we're experiencing in the body, such as pain or indigestion or complete energy and vitality every day, those th if you're in the complete vitality and energy every day, you probably don't need me uh, unless you have a mindset issue because it's always mind, it's always the mind body. They're intimately tied, as we know, because it's not even a woo thing. The mind creates thoughts which create hormonal cascades which determine certain things in the body stress like that. Yeah. So the assessment is, is designed so that I can reflect back to the person and say, here, I've noticed that these three or four things could be rearranged or taken out, or we could add this a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that, so that they start to feel better. Because most people that come to me have a, a complaint. They either don't sleep well, they do get bloated, they just have no energy. Their doctor said they're pre-diabetic. They don't want to go on medication. So all of these things are just, it's part, it's a tool to help people age better, make decisions about their choices so that they can age oh, better. Oh, nice. So I'm hearing again, um, a, a listening and a reflecting essentially to, to make sure that you're doing the most efficient way that you're, well, to, that you're doing what your body wants, what makes you feel good. 
Exactly. And yeah. I have to say that after being a coach for 18 years, listening, it was the best gift I ever gave myself was doing coach training because I, I can now use it on myself, but I, it really is helpful. And I don't think we're taught very often how to listen to ourselves. Yeah. We're listening to other oh. people first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's a, one of the skills that I have to teach a lot in the classroom is active listening. Mm. I wish I could learn uh, better listening of the body. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've had this conversation, it might just come into your awareness now again. There you go. Be more aware. That's now, it. before we get into uh, more of the services that you provide, can you, is there anything else you want to share about, I know it's a big area, but how to age better? Decide what you want. What does age better mean to you? For some people, the last thing they want to do is fall down and break a hip. Well, now's the time to start focusing then on your muscle, core, body strength, and your bones. How are they? Are they healthy? If your desire for the future is to just travel all the time, that's great. So let's make sure that you have some kind of plan in place so that wherever you are, you can take care of yourself, you can eat well, you can you have health insurance that travels with you or whatever it would be like that. So I always suggest that people have goals, things to look forward to in the future. And how do you want to feel in, in the coming years? Because everything is about how we feel, no matter what we say. And you know this from your background, people yep. do things, they want to do things that make them feel good, or they want to avoid things that make them feel bad. I say, look towards the things that you want to have you feel better and feel good and do those. Oh, I love it. So now then let's get into, in addition to that lifestyle assessment, what are some of the products and services that you provide? You know, I have a product that's a self-study product. Um, I, that's a crazy phrase these days as I'm dating myself. It's an online program, <laughs> digital course, um, that is called Lose It for the Last Time. And it's a weight loss program designed for people over 50, perimenopause, menopause, and, and beyond, because really things change dramatically in the body when it comes to, turn, to uh, losing weight or keeping it off. And it's what I used when I was coaching full-time one-on-one for many years that I know works. And it has some unexpected things in it. We've talked about uh, some of the tenets of the program, but there are also things like the hidden hormone disruptors that make it hard to lose weight. And there are mindset, there is journaling, there are prompts. I walk through the program with people by having lots of audio uh, conversations with them. And it, it, it works. That's Ooh, all I can say. Does it, it involve wine? You know what? That's so funny because I say right on the sales page, <laughs> don't worry, I would never take away your wine. <laughs> <laughs> I may be signing up for that soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my two core programs right now. Um, I... I am going to launch, I usually do a, a best half master class, which is a group program, twice a year, and I'll be planning that for the fall. So right now, I'm really just doing those two other things. Oh, okay. And where can uh, listeners find more out about that? I am at rebelliouswellnessover5050, not written out, .com. And I have a, actually, I have a hidden hormone disruptor uh, freebie on the homepage right now. So they can learn Ooh. a little bit about that and their action steps in there, where to find things and how to avoid them and that kind of stuff. Excellent. We will make sure that gets into the episode description. Thank you very much. Now we're at that point where you share your final piece of advice. My final piece of advice. Okay. Love yourself. 
exclude, like, don't let anything get in the way of that because I really believe that the positive, now HeartMath, there's an organization called HeartMath.org, will prove this scientifically that I won't be able to quote right now. Love is the greatest healer. And if we are in love with ourselves, as corny as that may sound to some people, rather than judging ourselves and worrying about what we're not, and we're aging and we're getting wrinkled, forget all that, love yourself deeply, and be in that space as you go forward every day and make decisions for your future. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I, it's funny, I just recently read in a book about like uh, the woman in the book called her gray hairs, her wisdom sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> So I've started calling it any kind of wrinkle or or, or white hairs because I'm redhead. I get they're my wisdom sparkles. I like that. And I love them. Yeah, <laughs> We love every one of them, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Greg. This was very enjoyable. Thank you, Christina. If you'd like to learn more about Greg, visit her website at rebelliouswellnessover5050.com. Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secrettosuperproductivity.com. 